Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast presented by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN and you'll get $10 off any order. I am your host, Marcus Mosier, and joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. Uh, day off for the team, and uh, it's it's hot out here in California. So it's we must be getting towards the August end of August, uh, beginning of football season because uh, that's right when things start really heating up out here, and it's right when things start really hitting up, heating up in the NFL season as well. See, that's funny that it gets hot out there in California because here on the East Coast, uh, the low for today is like 40 degrees. Oh, my like, God. And you can start feeling that cold front coming in, and that just reminds us of fall and the, the fall weather over here for us. Uh, well, don't, let the pal- don't let the palm trees fool you. Los Angeles is a desert <laughs> that they just carved out it's of true. nothing. So it that's can get hot here for very, sure. Very true. Um, all right, we got a bunch of things to talk about on today's podcast. We're going to answer a, a lot of your Twitter questions um, but we need to go ahead and start with this, Landon. Uh, there was some, a bit of surprising news out of Dallas yesterday. Uh, Gerald McCoy, after hurting his quad in Monday's practice, uh, he had surgery on Tuesday morning. By Tuesday afternoon, the Cowboys announced that they had released Gerald McCoy with an injury settlement. Um, it was reported that before McCoy signed, he agreed to, uh, in his contract, if he were to injure his right quad because of some tendonitis, uh, the Cowboys could get back some of the guaranteed money that they gave him uh, when, they, when he signed his contract. McCoy gets to keep $3 million of the signing bonus, and it's actually broken down like this. $2 million for this year, $1 million next year on the books. Other than that, no more money for McCoy. The Cowboys do not have his rights for the 2021 season. Um when we both saw it, you know, yesterday on the transaction wire, I, I think we were both shocked. Uh, we didn't think it was real, and then we find out that it was. So um, just your initial reactions to uh, the McCoy release, and what do you think it means for the Cowboys? I, real quick, I'll just point out that the person who I saw break it first was NFL Trade Rumors, which yeah. to yep. me, always, every single time I see something on that account, I'm like, this account seems suspicious. But they always seem to be okay. Like yeah, it so seems they're getting the transaction wire. I think ahead of time. Yeah, and so it's really funny because it looks like a what would be a dummy made up account tweeting yeah, something yeah. wrong. But it's it's usually actually pretty legit. And I get fooled every time, kind of in the, in the backwards fashion almost. But yeah, like it, it 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 showed up across the wire. I I remember hitting you up and going, "Is this right? Like, have we heard anything about this specifically?" And then, um, you know, right after that, uh, a little bit more reporting came out. The, the the NFL and ESPN guys finally caught up to it. Then they got a hold of, of the actual contract language. And, yeah, you take a look, and, and apparently there was specific language in the contract about a waiver involving injuries to his what, – what, you know, what, to what happened to him. But also I think there was – uh, language involving the ACL, if I'm not mistaken, there was there was it wasn't just that one yep. uh, injury. It was a, it was s- several kind of corresponding injuries as well that that kind of uh, you know are similar to that. So it, it wasn't just like the luck of the draw. There clearly was something in his medical history that gave the Cowboys a certain amount of pause that you know that you know 
probably prompted them to write this language into the contract. You know, I, I think normally I, I think there's you know, been some talk about how kind of maybe cruel this is or, or like, you know, to cut him like that. And what's the, you know, the feeling behind that. I, I don't think there's any hard feelings there. I, I honestly do believe no, that, no. that this is a situation where they they are trying to get money back for this season. I you know it sounds like they really do want him back next year. We'll see if that's the case. I mean he's you know kind of getting up there in age and that's age and that sort of thing. But I, I think that you know I, I think that it's it was really a situation where look th- this is a lot of money that we can get back. He can't come into the the facility anyways because of COVID. So there's really not any kind of. Uh, uh, you know, benefit to having him on the roster. Uh, certainly not a benefit that's worth more than three plus million dollars that they're going to get back for this. So, uh, I, yeah, I think if anything, you know, I wouldn't look for maybe Gerald McCoy if he's playing next season to come back to the Cowboys, maybe on a one-year deal. He, just because simply he lives in Dallas, he's going to rehab there. Like it's 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 you know I think he likes the culture and the and was looking forward to being play playing with the Cowboys because they were his childhood team. I just think that you know I, I think th- there isn't so much hard feelings here as much as they everyone understands this is a business and again especially with the COVID situation, there's literally no benefit to having him on the team. He can't he yeah. can't come into the facility. Yeah. Now, I think it was interesting that Griffin, um, actually right before he went into surgery, was talking about how he still wants to help uh, Tristan Hill and Navelle Gallimore, you know, get ready for the season and prepare. Um, He's not going to be able to do it again in the facility. He's going to have to do it through phone calls or Zooms or whatever. Um, But I think, and we saw it mentioned uh, several different times, there's certainly interest from both parties um, to get him back. Um, But this is a cold business in the NFL, and I think the Cowboys had to protect themselves a little bit. Uh, they did get some some money back in the cap savings, and I don't know if you saw this yesterday, um, but it actually helps their comp formula a little bit mm. um, because he never played a snap and because he was actually released before the week one season begins. The Cowboys will actually pick up an extra six-round pick now. Uh, that'll cross off, you know, they when Malik Collins and Gerald McCoy both signed, uh, they canceled each other out. Cowboys are expected to now have a third, fourth, fifth, and sixth round comp pick next year. Uh, so a lot of a lot of moving parts here for the Cowboys. I, I, I was just surprised that it happened. Um, last thing before we, we take a quick break, Landon. Cowboys do have a little bit more cap space now because of the Gerald McCoy release. Do you anticipate them using that cap space right now to bring in any veteran player, or do you think they're just going to save it for a rainy day? You know, I've seen a lot of talk about people, and and I guess this is kind of default for Cowboys, but just, you know, trying to sign defensive tackles because they have the same, you know, positional letters next to their name. I don't understand the talk about trying to sign snacks, at least at this point, or any other kind of one technique because that's not what you know what what Gerald McCoy is. Gerald McCoy like provided you a unique opportunity of a guy that could be a good two-way three technique. I don't think that that guy is available on the market right now, so I think right now the best play is to see what you have, give all those snaps to these young guys, see if they can develop into what you need them to be, and if that doesn't work out, then, you know, I have a strong feeling that the market will still be very similar, you know, in a few weeks. When, oh, yeah, you know, Maybe sure. even better when some of these other guys get cut on, on some of these teams that might have a little bit better depth there. And another reason why I don't think the Cowboys are going to make a move right now, uh, Don Terry Poe passed his physical yeah. yesterday, which means he's now eligible to practice. 
I think the Cowboys at least want to see what Poe can look like right now. If he really struggles and if he just looks like he doesn't have the athleticism to play one t- technique, maybe then you go out and you get a Snacks Harrison and try to fill in that role. But my guess is they're going to want to see what Poe does. Maybe, maybe they look at him at a three technique in certain packages. I kind of doubt it, though. Uh, but I just don't think the Cowboys are going to make any moves right now until they see what Don Terry Poe can do. They can see what Tristan Hill can do, and, and as well as Neville Gallimore. Um, we're going to talk about those guys more in a second. Uh, but let me tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is by far the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors, and it's an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste absolutely fantastic. And this is a little pro tip here. Get the peanut butter ones, put them in the refrigerator, get them a little cooled off. Uh, They're perfect. Uh, Just absolutely perfect. Uh, They have released six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. Uh, Not lying, I I promise I did this last night. Went and ordered two boxes of the caramel brownie. Uh, And when you do that, you actually get a free new cooler, which is really cool. Uh, You can carry your Built Bars with you. You can actually uh, throw them in your golf bag. You can put them in your gym bag or whatever. Uh, Just a fantastic little carrier. If you want to get in on Built Bar, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you get $10 off any order right now. Not just your first box, but any order at BuiltBar.com. Again, with a cool, you get a free cooler with your with your order. Any order, new cooler, only while supplies last. Again, that's BuiltBar.com, promo code locked on. Okay, Landon, um, this is a fun little question for you. Huh. Uh, a couple of people asked us, this, uh, <laughs> this actually stemmed from a tweet, I believe on Sunday. Is there any situation where you or I could score a touchdown for an NFL team? I love it. It's a great one. You know, this one is like, there's NFL football is such a team sport that like I think was it Ben Baldwin that posted the picture that video of of a Todd, Todd, Todd Gurley scoring that yeah, touchdown yeah. where like the, you know the the sea just parted like you know like Moses. Uh, I you know I think that that's the scenario. You give me the ball a foot away from from the uh, uh, the goal line, the sea parts for us, and I take a step into the end zone. Maybe there's a situation where uh, 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 they forgot to cover me, and I'm running a wheel route all by myself, and they can throw the ball. I can make I can make it over the shoulder catch. I feel like if no one. Uh, was putting their hand in their face or yeah. in my face yeah. or, or blowing uh, wind in my you know face or you know just, just not bothering me at all as long as I was left alone on the sideline and all I had to do was worry about catching the football I feel like pretty confident I could do that um, yeah I, I don't even feel like I'm a I'm a I'm a bigger guy. I don't even feel confident that I could run through a the smallest cornerback in the NFL. Like that, yeah, just yeah. to be clear, I would yeah. need a clear path and no defenders near me in order to do that. But that's probably yeah. my way of scoring a touchdown. What about you? Yeah, I, I can confidently say there is um, no chance where I could ever score a touchdown in the NFL. <laughs> that could happen. You don't really. I mean, I know it's really fun to poke fun at Todd Gurley and some of those holes, but you don't realize how no, fast those yeah, can really yeah. close, even from a yard or two out. Yeah. Uh, pretty incredible. So this came down to a tweet. What's What would be easier to accomplish? Uh, scoring a basket in an NBA game, scoring a goal in hockey, uh, hitting a home run in baseball, or scoring a touchdown in uh, the NFL? Which one would you choose? Which Which is the easiest of those four? So scoring a basket, scoring a goal in hockey or soccer? Yeah, uh, in hockey. 
I, I feel hockey's like hockey's hard. No First way. of all, I gotta skate. Like I don't, you know, like, <laughs> exactly. like, yeah, yeah, like no way. I can ice skate a little bit, but I mean, not enough to shoot a puck. I don't think. Yeah, and uh, hold a stick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no yeah. I I feel like I could. I still feel like I could luck out into that better than try to hit a professional baseball a, oh, a home there's run. No way, That's man. just that, that to me is by far <laughs> the most difficult thing. Anybody knows anything about sports? Like I feel like that's that's the hardest thing to do. Right, as far as right. individual activities in sports. Score a basket. Like, look, I mean, again, defenders fall down sometimes. Maybe his shoelaces came off. I, I, I can I can make a basket. Again, if yeah. no one if no one's near me, if people the defenders have all fallen down, there's a possibility there. Hitting a baseball over a fence four hundred yards away, if off a prof- four hundred feet off away, off a off a professional uh, pitcher. There's zero chance that that's happening. I mean, that's like I, I I don't even know what I, I, I even if I like it's one of those things where they talk about like if you get a, a thousand monkeys typing on a typewriter that eventually they'll type out Shakespeare. I, I I like their odds better than my odds of swinging the the bat randomly and hitting a home run. To be honest, I agree. Um, I was just gonna say a little quick side note about basketball. Uh, people think that you know if they're playing an NBA game they'd have wide open threes. Um, I happened to, you know, one time play basketball against somebody who was just in college, a low-ranking college. Uh, he threw the ball out to me. I was at the three-point line. He was standing on the other side of the paint. Before I could even get the ball off, he was able to block the shot. So uh, you're, you're not scoring a basket in an NBA game. I'm just, I'm sorry. Um, all right, let's get back to some actual Cowboy stuff. Uh, so this one comes from at Soldier Moy. Um, thoughts on who we should be keeping at wide receiver out of John Van Johnson, Cedric Wilson, Devin Smith, and Noah Brown. If you had to guess right now on August 19th, which ones are the number four or number five receiver, uh, how would you rank those? Huh. I mean, it's tough because, you know, we just we aren't getting a lot of information at this point now. I mean... Is it probably going to be the receiver that can do the most? Yeah. You know, not just be tied into one spot or could also help on special teams or whatever? Yeah, I think it's problematic because I think, you know, I I, I think if you're asking me who the best receiver is, I think it's probably John Vea Johnson. But I think that Cedric Wilson is right behind him, and Cedric Wilson can return punts. And I think probably he might be a better special teams player. Ventrell Bryant is a guy that mm. definitely has special teams value. Def- I feel the best about him making the roster of all those. Now, I'm not sure he's going to be the number four, but I just feel really good that he's going to be on the team. Yeah, I agree, and I think that that's really what makes this so, like, <laughs> you know, difficult to kind of parse because it's like yep. I feel like the guy that I have ranked the lowest is the guy I feel the most certain about making the team because of special teams. But at the same time, like I don't really know how to, to, to parse the, the where they go. I, I would guess that John Vea Johnson probably is your four, just because well, no, I think it's Devin Smith, actually. I keep forgetting really? not to bring him in. Yeah, I mean I, I just because I think Devin Smith is actually going to give you something as a wide receiver. I, I, I'm interested to see how he if there's any development there or what he looks like. We're not getting a lot of reports on this down roster receiver battle but i just think that you know the pedigree there is so is higher than the other guys and i think that if you know he's shown that ability to make plays in nfl games where the other guys really haven't i think that if there's a possibility that he you know has taken another step in the offseason which you know again i think it's possible he, he just got back last year 
I, I think it's possible that he could be that guy. It's but I mean he's got to be a head and shoulders better receiver than the fourth than the fourth guy in order to you know get that spot because I think otherwise you know that it's going to default to well what can you do what, what what's what's the most you, what you know who could do the most of uh, with those spots. I see. I I don't know what to think of Devin Smith. How many snaps do you think he played after Week Four last year? Not very many. You know, he was healthy the whole season. Yeah, zero. But never, never, never played a snap after Week Four. Yeah, at the same time, like, uh, how wouldn't you say that overall the offense in general looked very different after Week Four? I mean, I I think that, like, look, if we're gonna go back and dissect what happened to this offense last season. It's hard not to feel like for the first few weeks they were letting Kellen Moore kind of go and do his thing, and then after that they really pulled it back. Okay, but let me let me say this: I, from you know week six, that was the game where Michael Gallup I don't think played right, and Amari Cooper got hurt early in that game. It was Cedric Wilson that played over Devin Smith. Yeah, and he had five catches for forty six yards. He was the one that was actually on the field. Devin Smith never got a snap, so I think. I think while Devin Smith hit that big play earlier in the year, I I just wonder if Wilson, because he can play multiple positions, he's not just tied to the outside. I just wonder if he's a better fit as that wide receiver four than Smith. But see, okay, yeah, I mean, well, I, and then I guess this becomes a semantics argument to what are we actually talking about? Because I, I don't disagree that I think that if you know that that Cedric Wilson will be an invaluable piece for. Uh, uh, you know, making as a backup, you know, and a, as a guy that, that can play all those positions. But I also think that Devin Smith is going to be a valuable piece as a changeup guy, you know? So I, whether we call one the wide receiver four or the other one wide receiver sure, five, sure. I think it's difficult to kind of parse. It probably doesn't matter. I yeah, I, I, guess my, I guess what I'm saying is that I don't know that the depth chart is that linear, you know, at wide receiver. Sure. I think it's more about what you are trying, what they are trying to do at the moment. Okay, let me ask you this then. Let's let's go through this scenario. Uh, Michael Gallup gets hurt in week two. Who is that other? Who's the third receiver? Who do you expect to be that? If you still have Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb, who do you expect to be that other outside receiver? I I kind of think that you get. I think you get a both. I I I don't know that like. That's I guess my point is that I don't know that any one of these guys is necessarily like, you know, headed shoulders above the other. Um, yeah, I, I think that I think that because of that, at this point, uh, you would see you know, a mixture of both. I think both of those guys would get playing. I don't know that like Cedric Wilson is so much or Devin Smith is so much better than the other one that they're definitely taking all the reps. I think if, if anything, you probably would see a, a little bit of both kind of taking the, that role. Yeah, that's probably fair. And actually, I think in the scenario that I just laid out, that's the one where I wouldn't be surprised if Devin Smith actually got a little bit more because if you're looking for just a pure outside receiver, Smith is probably better there. But if you need somebody who can play inside and outside, I just think Wilson's probably a better fit. Also, I um, also I think that you, you, you would probably just see more uh, variation on scheme, on, on personnel groupings. I think you probably see a little bit more twelve, a little bit more twenty-one. I, I just, just, just to mix things up like that, just because you don't have those three elite guys anymore. So maybe that kind of evens the field a little bit on the, sure. how the talent can be deployed on the on, on you know on the field. All right, so this kind of ties into it. This question is from Brandon. 
Uh, with Tony Pollard's versatility, do you think the Cowboys will keep only five receivers on the roster and carry a third running back? Um, we've seen, at least in pictures and you know some training camp tweets, uh, the Cowboys using Pollard as a receiver, using him down the field. Is that possible for the Cowboys to go a little light on receiver and keep another running back? Uh, I mean, it's possible. I, I don't think it's likely, though. I mean, I, I think that if anything, I think when you have three, when you're going to be in three receiver sets, eleven personnel, yeah. probably what seventy five percent of the time, or maybe you, yeah, you're probably going to need to have six guys, right? Yeah, I, and I, and I think if anything, it's going to come at the cost of a tight end, not a running back, or a, no, a wide receiver rather, because because you know, I just don't know that they're playing on. You know, they normally would keep four tight ends. I think they may just keep three this year. Um, you know, I just think that they. They're going to run so much, you know, three wide receiver set that if, if you start cutting wide receivers and think that a running back can do yeah. that, that's just, that's, yeah, I'd, I'd rather just have a very versatile running back than a guy that I'm like trying to rely on to play wide receiver if I suffer two injuries. I, I just don't think that that's, you know, that, I don't think that's a, that's a uh, smart team building. And, and really, yeah, with, with the way that you have it, it practice squads now, like there is, I guess there could be an argument made that maybe it's a game day situation that this guy that Pollard could step in and operate as a wide receiver on game days and you don't have to dress as many guys. Maybe maybe you'll just maybe you only dress five receivers. Yeah, right? maybe that's maybe that's more the argument that we should be having. I think that could be a possibility, but I think the idea of them like you know and and like not maybe not even every week, just maybe certain weeks. But I, yeah. yeah, I think the idea of them you know keeping less wide receivers. Because they have Tony Pollard, at, I don't know that that's, that's how they would go. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and answer some more questions. So I can tell you guys about DoorDash. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to do uh, and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code Locked On. That's $5 off your order and zero delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code Locked On. Okay, Landon, a couple of people were asking for our our biggest surprise cut of the offseason. We'll look at Chandler Jones' question. Uh, Chandler Johnson, excuse me. Uh, who are some players that you think could potentially be surprise cuts? Um, as you're thinking, I'll give you a couple names that I, I kind of wrote down. I think we talked about Francis Bernard yesterday, the, the linebacker who's been making some plays. Um, the Cowboys have a lot of quality depth at linebacker. Huh. W- wouldn't surprise me if somebody like Luke Gifford, uh, who, you know, the, okay. the previous coaching staff liked a lot, it, maybe he's somebody. Uh, I think the Cowboys have a lot of depth at cornerback. Um, you know, I don't all not all those guys are going to make the roster. So, is it possible like a Reggie Robinson, who's a fourth round pick, doesn't make the roster if Daryl Worley plays well? I think that's possible as well. Maybe you put him on the practice squad. Uh, who are some other potential surprise cuts? Let's see. Yeah, I have a hard time with with the defensive backs because I just feel like if anything, they'll 
default to keeping too many, right? Like I, I just feel like they are likely to keep all of those guys just just to you know play it safe. Sure. Um, I got one. How about how about Dorrance Armstrong? Very. I mean, I think Dorrance Armstrong is likely to get cut. I, I just don't. I mean, there's. I think it would be surprising when it happens because of who he is and what he's done. You know what he's done. I mean, again, like not that he's blown the world away, but he's shown so much promise over these last few training camps and just qu- hasn't quite been able to convert that yet. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised. You know, he's also a guy that I would like his range of outcomes is so wide. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if he stole one of these other guys jobs. Like, you know, like what if he actually shows out and takes like, I don't know, Bradley and I spot. Yeah. Or, you Joe know, Jackson's Joe spot. Jackson. Yeah, somebody that, yeah, yeah. Like I just, I mean, I wouldn't be at all surprised if that was the case. I guess, you know, if we're talking about surprise cuts, if they really like Francis Bernard and they really like uh, uh, Luke Gifford, Luke Gifford. I mean, you, you kind of have to keep an eyeball over on Sean Lee and Joe Thomas and see, you know, hey, do we need all these guys? Could one, and maybe it's not a cut, maybe it's a trade, right? Yeah, like, you know, a swap for a conditional yeah, pick or whatever, yeah. I, I think that, you know, that to me seems more likely than like a surprise cut per se. Now, I guess as far as, you know, surprise cuts go, you know, what if it's someone like Blake Bell that, you know, like they just signed mm. this off season who didn't kind of show up maybe the way they want. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's happening. I'm, I'm suggesting a scenario that in which that could happen. Right. I, I just think that a lot of these guys or maybe Schultz, you know, even though I've actually heard some decent things about Schultz so far, um, I just think that, you know, there are guy there aren't there aren't a lot of surprise cut candidates, I don't think, this year. You know? Like, I think there's a pretty... I think anyone who's likely to get cut, it, it, just because there is a larger pool of people that I think are likely mm-hmm. to get cut this year, it, it wouldn't be terribly surprising because y- you see the other players that are around them on the depth chart. Yeah, there, there's not a lot of guys, like, if you're going through their depth chart or you look at over the cap and looking at, you know, they're looking at the salaries. There's just nobody that ha- carries a big salary that could be released. Um, like Cam Irving, I mean, that's maybe one, you know, that's somebody the Cowboys brought in to compete for maybe a swing tackle job. He's due $2.5 million this year. Maybe he's one, but I don't think that's considered a surprise cut. Um, what about, like, Chris Jones? If Chris Jones the Cowboys punter, if, he, if he's not good in camp, and the Cowboys want to go out and get somebody a little cheaper, maybe somebody with a bigger leg, that wouldn't be all that surprising either. Nah. But I think, I think Dorrance Armstrong, I think that's one of the guys you got to watch out for. And I think one of those linebackers, you mentioned Joe Thomas, I think Gifford is one of them. I think those are all guys that uh, you need to keep an eye out for. Um, last question, Landon. This one comes from Kevin. Is there a position group right now that could use a you know a midseason trade like if you're looking at one spot that could be their Achilles heel, heel this year uh, that they could potentially throw some assets at is there one that you're looking at that could potentially you know need a trade as we get into the season? I mean, I think at this point you know it's potentially defensive tackle. I mean, just because yeah. look, I, I and I'm not I'm not speaking out of both sides of my mouth here because I don't think that the market can provide a replacement for 
Gerald McCoy, a one-for-one like replacement, right? On the in free agency. Yeah, space, exactly. Right? So, I think that you know your options to actually you know uh, uh, regain that utility of having that kind of player, that kind of guy who can be a pass rusher and a run defender on the same down if you need him to be. Uh, I, I think that in order to kind of replace that type of player, you're likely going to have to trade for that kind of player. So, and I don't know that you necessarily even need to do that. Like, I think that there is a way to uh, use what you have in place to get what you want. I don't think it's quite as versatile. I think you lose a certain mm-hmm. amount of early down versatility uh, with Gerald McCoy. Uh, but I think that there is certainly a way that this defense can still obviously be good without Gerald McCoy. Uh, and, and with the guys that they have in place now, if they f- get through training camp, and, and th- I mean all of that is reliant on the fact that Tristan Hill and Neville Gallimore need to step up, right? Like that—that's right, like right. A, that's a prerequisite. So if that doesn't happen, if these guys just don't look ready, then I think that you, know, you get a little bit further along in training camp, and y- you've brought it up before. Go talk to uh, Oakland about what they feel about uh, Maurice Hurst. You know, there's mm-hmm. a, I think there's a couple other guys out there too that you know there's some teams out there that might have some defensive tackle depth that you can get your hands on. You know, so well, yeah, I, I think I think the guys that you're targeting are players on bad teams that maybe are trying to tank or maybe you know they know contracts are expiring and they're yeah. going to be active in free agency. Like, let me give you an example. This guy's contract isn't expiring, but like Jacksonville, right? I think Jacksonville is going to be really bad. And I think they're a team that's clearly rebuilding their entire roster. Is somebody like Taven Bryan, you know, could they potentially try to swing him out of, you know, that Jacksonville situation and have him be a three technique in Dallas? Uh, they drafted uh, Devon Hamilton this year. I know he's more of a one technique, but they've got uh, they, they've got a bunch of guys in their defensive line. Maybe that's somebody that you offer a second or third round pick for. But uh, just that's an example of the type of player you're probably going to be looking for, um, you know, midseason. I, and I do think. There will be some guys out there that it could potentially be moved. We see it every year, but I think you're right in nailing down that defensive tackle spot as the, the position the Cowboys uh, could try to upgrade in a couple weeks. The last thing before we go, I, I do think that one thing that we also need to consider when it comes to this and to comp picks, because they just announced the Cowboys you know, might have some more comp picks like you mentioned. Mm. This is not the best year to, to have the, those comp picks. There's so much uncertainty, and those picks are now just complete crapshoots. And, and the reason I'm bringing this up is that may tamper down the trade market to a certain degree. Teams are not going to value mm. trade picks nearly as much True. as they would in other seasons because they can't get the same read on players. There's so much uncertainty. So look for there to be a decrease, actually, in trades involving draft picks for the 2021 dra- draft. I agree. That's a, that's a great point. I'm also looking at Jerry Tillery. Remember that Notre yeah, Dame defensive sure. tackle that we like, the yeah. Chargers? He's a, he's a backup in Los Angeles. Maybe I mean, Again, I'm not saying that these guys are going to be traded, but those are the type yeah, of players exactly. down on roster. Down roster guys uh, on teams that have depth at defensive tackle that might be looking to move them. Yep, exactly. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.